0: Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Playwright Lauren Gunderson is one of the most produced playwrights in the U.S., but until now, her play exploring the singular life, work, and legacy of La Marquise du Châtelet has never been produced here in New York. Lucky for you, Duende Productions has remedied that, and their production of Emily, la marquise du Châtelet, defends her life tonight, is currently on the boards at The Flea. I spoke with two actors from the show after a recent performance. Take a listen. I do like to start with everyone's name on the microphone. Let me know who you are and what you did on the show. And somebody else, please say the full name of the play, because I can say Emily, but I cannot get the full title out. I keep screwing it up every time I try in my head. So, okay, the play is...
1: Emily. La Marquise du Châtelet Defends Her Life Tonight by Lauren Gunderson.
0: I really just didn't want to have to pronounce the French because I would mess it up. <laughs> With a name like Gagnon, you'd think I would be a who is <laughs> All right, and, and who is the, and who is the uh, lovely actor who is telling us the name of the play?
1: I am Amy Michelle, is my stage name, Amy Michelle Gaither, and I'm also the producer.
0: Oh, amazing. I missed that part. Great. It's great to have you here as well. I'm glad you yeah. have... Uh, I'm glad to have your perspective on this. This is going to be perfect. And we also have another performer in the show.
2: Yes, uh, Zavanovian. I played the gentleman. Uh, fancy way of uh, just saying all of the, the guys uh, <laughs> who aren't the main guy. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, um, all of the. Uh, how do you say it? Oh,
0: ohm? Oh, in, uh, Les, yeah. hommes. Les, Les hommes.
2: hommes.
0: Oh, yeah. Les hommes. I speak Spanish. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's more than me. Okay, so uh, we the, now I know we have the producer as well. That okay. So now you're on the spot to tell us what is this show? What's your elevator pitch when you told people, "Hey, I'm going to produce Amelie uh, by Lauren Gunderson." What What is the show? How do you tell them in a quick statement what it is? I
1: don't want to do anything quick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> Well, I say that um, this is about the first female physicist who was a uh, 17 no, sorry 18th century French marquise who had a long-term volatile affair with the French writer and philosopher and composer and everything else uh, Voltaire, and um, she died in childbirth with another man's child while she was in the middle of sort of disproving translating and improving. Newton's laws of physics, and her work became the basis of Einstein's theory of relativity.
0: Sounds like ripe material for a play. We've got everything. We've got geniuses. We've got love affairs. We've got historical figures. We know historical figures. We don't. Um, that's pretty. Yeah, it seems pretty awesome. So, how did you come into the play?
1: So about, I'm thinking it's about eight years ago, um, a friend of mine in Chicago, a director, brought it to me and wanted my company at that time when I was in Indianapolis to produce it. She wanted me to act in it and she wanted to direct it. And I was actually on my, uh, we were shutting down the company and I was moving out here, out east. So I did, the timing wasn't right, but we had a reading, a couple of readings of it. And then I just kept coming across it again and again and again over the last several years and kept thinking, I, th- I think I need to do this play. And then I had it all set up to do and had the theater lined up and the director and everything before the pandemic. I was about to
0: say that this is around like January, February yeah. of 2020, Yeah, yeah. Eh? yeah. Okay. I got my
1: contract for the theater in uh, in early March or <laughs> of, of 2020 or maybe late February and um, they wouldn't put a COVID clause in it. It wasn't this theater. It was a different theater. And I said, and they they were still like, ah, oh, we're, we, you know, it it might be okay. And I was like, I'm not signing this. <laughs> 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 I'm certainly uh, not putting down all this money.
2: Good and, moves for me. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh,
1: so then, of course, everything shut down like two weeks later. So, um,
0: Is this kind of like your company's uh, first foray back then? Yes, COVID? this okay. is my
1: first, my, our first, uh, before, so in 2019, uh, Duende produced Twelfth Night um, a, a, that I had devised that I... Contrived uh, several years ago, we did that in here in New York, and then uh, this was going to be our next year's production. And here we are, three years later, finally doing it. <laughs> and it's it's a
0: it's an interesting piece in that, um, as you mentioned, you have all of these different characters that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone except you, uh, Amy and Voltaire, and Voltaire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everyone has like multiple <clears throat> characters that they're rolling through. So is that? With a play like this, where um, no spoilers, obviously, but uh, we go through a lot of time and travel through a lot of space. Um, that's not a spoiler, but uh, a little, maybe a little joke um, uh, to get through this piece um, with all these different people. I, I sometimes I I feel like it's the kind of play that, as a director, I look at and I'm terrified of immediately because I'm like, how do we? We got to get theatrical. Um, so. Is this all on the page? Uh, how, I, I, this is all me setting up, like, how much of what you did tonight is on the page? And how much of it was explorations with your director, Kathy?
2: Um, there was a lot on the page about stage direction for the different characters. And, like, for instance, when we go to for the first time, <coughs> and they're all, like, you know, f- flying around the house, you know, doing all sorts of things as servants. Uh, and we kind of took, like, what was on the page and figured out how to make it work for our space and our company. And so, you know, there was a lot of things with books. Obviously, she and Voltaire are always reading, always studying. So we kind of, we took that, but we changed the the stage directions into different things and kind of were able to link each scene by um, certain things like that, like the books, the candles, the quills. Um, kind of bring us from one uh, scene but also one timeline to the next, you know. What did those rehearsals look like? How were you
0: how were you doing that?
2: Uh, I, I, you know, it's like, it's interesting because the scenes are so quick and, you know, we kind of, uh, Kathy was you know told us you know okay here's what you know i think is going to happen and we would stop and start again and figure out okay how do we do from here to here how do we like you know simulate like
1: we want to make a tableau here Mm -hmm. here are the elements and then we just sort of together devise Mm -hmm. things um the way that lauren gunderson writes about the play in the beginning as, as I said, I mean, you could do this play with five actors in unitards on a bare stage and beautiful lighting, and it would be stunning. You know, it could, it could all be imagination or, and the way Lauren says, says it in the, in the beginning is, um, be, well, I, this is kind of a spoiler, but it doesn't matter, but it <laughs> takes place in the, I mean, it's, it's. My character Emily is in the afterlife, looking back at her life. That's so, kind of in the title, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so we're, we're outside of time and space in a way. So Lauren says, you know, this could be a bare stage. It could, or as as detailed as you want. Mm-hmm. It, it could be anything in in between. Um, <clears throat> so we went more detailed. Kathy wanted more detail, um, but because she's given us this beautiful playground that's not very specifically defined within that playground all this stuff has to happen and so um and then and i think there's probably a little more than is in the script a lot Mm -hmm. of like the tableaus the um a lot of the i guess i I call it pantomime but sort of the stuff where we're acting out the narrative Mm -hmm. the exposition a lot of that is in the script Mm -hmm. And Kathy just took that and ran with it. Are y'all,
0: uh, th- this is maybe a silly question, but I'm always fascinated because I'm awful at like doing dramaturgy when I'm <laughs> within a show. I, I'm guessing you, you didn't read her books. but did. Uh, You did?
1: Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but did, but I you read, didn't assign its homework
0: as these, to these so guys, did you? No. I read
1: two, book, two books about um, Emily and Voltaire. And then I read a book that is a compilation of uh, pieces from all her writing, all of her. Books. She wrote she wrote lots of books. She didn't just write the one on foundations of science, and she wrote like treatises on happiness and, and different things. So I read bits of all of that.
0: As a producer, I mean, totally makes sense. As a performer, totally makes sense. How do you find it influenced you, and it, it did it? What did do you feel it did for you as the performer?
1: Well, the history definitely informed, but Gunderson has done a brilliant job of taking the facts that we know from history, from the letters, from the biographies, from the stuff that, was, that they wrote themselves about each other and about their work, and weaving it into, mm-hmm. in fact, some of the lines are direct quotes yeah. from oh. Amy Lee's writing and from mm-hmm. Voltaire's writing and... So, I mean, she, she did a really beautiful job of lifting this right out and it, it's, it's Americanized in a lot of ways. It's a lot of modern vernacular and it's, you know, there's a lot of humor and theatricality in it, but the, but the bones are real. They're factual. So it it more than anything, I would be reading these books and I'd be discovering, oh my goodness, this is in the play. Like, you know, <laughs> you know this is accurate. This is all really accurate. Um, I also got to go to Ciri and visit the Chateau in October and I had a private tour of it and so I got to sit on her bed and sit at her table and went up to the little, the petite theater um, that's up in the attic, it's still there. which was absolutely amazing. Madame Graffini, the woman who, the current owner who was giving me the tour started talking about Madame Graffini's letters and that's how we know that it was decorated in blue and yellow and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I was like, Madame Graffini, she's uh, in the play. Uh, that's the <laughs> she one. was a real courtier who hung out at the chateau all the time, you know, mm. and was a visitor there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's actually, it, it was more just confirmation of, more than anything but there were also little things along the way that aren't in the play that like I know for instance that Amy Lee lost a baby um she had she had the two children with her husband but they lost a baby so that scene where she's asking Voltaire if he wants to have a baby that adds a little depth for me you know that she lost a child Mm -hmm. it's fascinating
0: um for Again, I want to get back. This is as an independent theater podcast, obviously. I like to talk about a little bit of what's behind the scenes, like how you'll put this all together. Um, you have all of this background research on this one character. You've got how many? 12? 14? <laughs>
2: um, a little under that, but uh, the, the ones who I speak as, I speak as three different people. I speak as her husband, uh, Secretary Marin, who was the head of the, the academy. And then as Jean Francois de Saint Lambert, who was uh, her final lover, who they did meet in Lunaville. And um, And
0: you appear as like all, but so uh, (laughs) what I want
2: to get to though is
0: like how. What Newton? Th- that's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of yeah. fun for you. Oh, yeah, I, oh yeah, you were Newton. You're yeah. definitely. Yeah, Newton. I was Newton as well. <laughs> well. Yeah, you were rocking a really mean people's eyebrow. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's you're that's
2: my signature. Yeah. I am a servant as well. Yeah. I'm you know prince and pauper all, all and, the way. And what happens?
0: That's interesting in the play is that you don't. You mean there's a little bit of costume movement ish, mm-hmm. but for the most part you're in the same kind of base yeah. costume. So talk to me about like finding all these different ways to be these different people
2: uh knowing the the ages and the places of where they are in their lives helps i mean a a general who's come back from war who's a husband with children but who's really kind of more interested in you know the battlefields than kind of the home life is just what i get from the small scene so that influences you know okay he's probably going to be a little bit more sharp and a little bit more you know maybe presentable with his, like, his uh, general voice and you know, forgetting where he is a little bit, forgetting that he's just at home with his wife. Um, and then for, well, I don't speak as Newton, but for Newton, I just kind of was like, okay, this is the description, or this is the character based off of what, what everybody's saying about him. Everybody is loving him and everything. So I was like, okay, I'll jump out onto the stage. <laughs> I'll do this big thing, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm Sir Isaac Newton. And then um, as the secretary, you know, he's a little bit older and he's a little definitely uh, misogynistic and like, you know, just really trying to put her down. And he is totally not ready for her to have any kind of response, let alone be entirely belittled by her uh, publicly. Um, So that helps kind of with the like proper of... You know, Madame Marquise, and all that, and then, um, and then, yeah, as as Saint Lambert, at the end, it's kind of just the most like honest character, the most boyish character, the most like grounded a little bit in where he is and what he's doing, and still young and like bright eyed a little bit, <laughs> wants to become a like famous poet, and is suddenly surrounded by two of the most famous writers of the age.
0: Um, into uh, the presentation of this. I I I'm glad this popped back into my head um as I was thinking about your like how you were doing uh how the show is being presented. Mm. Um right at the top of the show the question popped into my brain because you looked right at me and asked me a question <laughs> and I had I bit my tongue, I was like, uh, don't say anything 'cause she, <laughs> I don't know if this is okay yet. I so I indicated to you has anybody responded? Are you getting words back?
1: <clears throat> um not so much I, I some of the audience like tonight was are vocal but not verbal so <laughs> i I'll hear like or, oh, you so, know, so. well i I, but, mean,
0: I mean specifically to when you ask yeah. the question so I ask somebody <laughs> specific
1: every night, you're dead, you know and i've I've gotten a, a few people who go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's they just great. had of do oh, a man. little no, and I tried to give the biggest. But I loved it. I loved it.
0: Something, but I, I shrug ah. I, Yeah,
1: that's, that's really what I did. I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I really sure.
0: wanted to say, I I hope not. And I was like, I don't know the rules of this particular performance if so that's allowed. So I just I love that. Um, mm. Whenever we, I eat. love that you
1: responded. Well, though. and
0: it's it's nice that you all invited us in. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a number of times when I <clears> got. I, I'm not. I shouldn't say got caught, um, <laughs> but uh, I noticed you all looking directly at me, mm. um, which was I, I was seated alone in the middle of the audience, so it was kind of <laughs> conspicuous. But it that was an interesting choice uh, as as part of the show, and I one that I personally very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, is that something Kathy all coached y'all on, or were you just like this makes sense? Like, uh,
1: the script is really clear that Amy Lee speaks to the audience okay. the entire. I mean she's telling this to the audience Mm -hmm. from the moment that she discovers them which is that moment that you're talking about um
2: you're also like everybody's just right here, so it's like yeah, it's true. We it's already, one of the reasons I chose
1: this theater yeah, it's, is because you know it's it's very intimate. You can't not yeah, see people's faces. You no know one's
2: more than ten feet no. away. From yeah, yeah, no, it's and so awesome. you know and why why try to ignore the people no. who are here and like you know everybody says that the audience is the final character of the if play. If only
0: all actors understood that.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry, this is the direction
0: <laughs> so, Sometimes you're just like just look at them, talk <laughs> to them. Yeah, they're it's here it's great you get to know so
1: much of my training in shakespeare is is about um the fourth wall is an is an invention of the 19th century so that that never came around straight up until Mm -hmm. the 1800s and so the idea of a fourth wall didn't occur to anybody in the in the um in the elizabethan world at least and um, and the audience was a character in the mm-hmm. play and they were absolutely involved and they did respond yeah. the, you know the Elizabethan audience was rowdy it's gross it's stuff
2: sometimes I mean when Hamlet said Picture to be Show, or t- yeah. not
1: to be that's the question somebody probably said something back <laughs> what do you mean Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so that's, that's a very comfortable idea to me is that the audience is, is in this with us. I know that that's not so much comfortable for a lot of modern audiences. They don't necessarily want to be part of the play, but, yeah. Yeah. but that, sitting in the dark I, it's like a device creepy. of this play. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the world of this play. Well, it's one-eyed
0: dug personally. Cool. So, good. good. <laughs> Last question. Um, well, I, okay, so with the caveat that it should have been uh, 2020, uh, why now? Uh, why this piece now? Um, I, I really like that um, <clears throat> you talked a little bit about the modern vernacular here, that it does, like, t- I feel very strongly that a piece like this speaks to modern the modern moment, but mm-hmm. I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: I would love to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm the interviewer. <laughs> Here's why. It speaks to me. Bye, Shana. Thank you. Shanna,
0: stage manager. Stage yeah. managers make this whole things happen. So oh, yes. if you don't have a great stage <laughs> manager, you are hosed.
1: So. She is our goddess. Yes. Um, we obey her. The world is complete. Yes. The, Jesus, <laughs> the world is complete. Um, so this play digs into me because I think this play is about purpose and passion. And... I am entering what feels like the third act of my life and trying to ascertain for myself what my purpose is and if my passions are shifting and uh, what I'm, as I like to say, what am I supposed to be doing? And the question that Emily asks at the top of the play, what do we mean, I think is much more existential than, what do you mean by that? I think it's actually what do we Mean. What is our meaning? Um, what does our existence mean? And uh, it's a question I'm asking myself. I think a lot of people are asking that question since the pandemic. Mm. I think the pandemic was a universal wake-up call for people figuring out, what am I supposed to be doing with my time here on this planet? And is is this it? And a lot of people are saying, no, this is not it. I want something else. Um I so I I raised three kids I just ended a 31 year marriage Um, this this question is getting louder and louder for me in my life and I thought if it's loud for me it's got to be loud for other people and it's bigger than just being a woman it's bigger than a woman's story it's bigger than you know, female empowerment or girl power or all those words that came out of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I think it's. It's a much more human story than that. I think everybody has that panic. I mean, for women, it's. It's. It has a particular flavor because we're also. Our bodies are made to have babies, and then you got to raise them and then you know how are you supposed to be doing that and something else, or <laughs> like how do you do all of this stuff you know and and um not that men don't raise kids too, but I'm just saying this is I think we raise kids <laughs> uh, my husband my ex husband raised our kids with me too uh, we were very much a team but um i i uh, this this purpose and passion question has just gotten really, really important to me. And so I thought, if it's important to me, it's got to be important to other people.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, I, I saw the casting call, obviously. I, I wanted to audition for it because um, I thought the story sounded great. Um, and then I looked up who Emily was, and I, again, I was surprised. I was like, holy holy crap, this set up like the next 200 years of like scientific discoveries
1: and this whole life happened and we don't know about
2: it we don't know about it people need to know people need to know who she was and this is i mean my favorite way of of telling people you know about important things throughout the world throughout history now before maybe in the future even like theater is uh, one of the best ways of doing that and um, also the fact I, I just really love playing like a bunch of different characters <laughs> and that is like for, for the short career that I've had up till now that's what I've been like primarily cast as is just somebody playing like a series of different characters and I just have so much fun doing it and I also I think like just to go along with what you're saying about like what, what am I doing like who, who do I want to be it's a very like interesting thing for me to think about like I get to be all of these different things, you know, I get to try out all of these different things. And that was kind of my uh, thing through COVID was, you know, I started off doing nothing like everybody. And then I got a a telemarketing job working from out of my bedroom. Uh, When I was was in my (laughs) parents' house, I I set up an office in an old bedroom, and then I brought it here to New York. And then they said they were going to start going to the office in Massachusetts. So I Wipe my hands of that. I was getting tired of it anyways. Uh, But then I was like, holy crap, I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I've just been taking gigs, like, you know, stand-in, extra work. And then I finally got cast in a play in in last fall and then got back and was, again, like, holy crap, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I, I mean, I'm auditioning all the time, but I saw this one and I was like, that sounds like a really awesome play to be a part of. I love a smaller cast, five people. I love a more intimate um, feeling to a play. And um, I just think that like anybody who comes here to see it is going to have a really nice intimate experience, not like, you know, that's going to make them fear anything you know or like i I think people will walk out of having seen this feeling very fulfilled and at least comforted in the fact that they're not the only ones wondering what does my life mean what'll happen after i'm gone
0: it's cool that the play does those two things it's so it's a little scary when you see like this play is about this historical event or this historical person it's like oh God, yeah. <laughs> is this, is this an, like, the a two, yeah, should this be on the History Channel <laughs> at, you know, 3 a.m.? Um, and this is not that mm-hmm. at all. Um, I, it's really amazing what um, the, both the playwright and your production have been able to mm-hmm. do to give the a very full...
1: Well, I want to, um, I have to give honor to, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. <laughs> I have to give honor to Lauren Gunderson because... Mm-hmm. Um, she is so skilled this play was written in 20 uh, 2009 it was commissioned um but it's new to new york it's a premiere in new york i I, she's i think she's a genius and i think this play i mean i think all of her plays are really good but this play for some reason is a diamond i think Mm -hmm. and um and what she did with this story and the way that she tells it. The exposition in this play is genius. Mm-hmm. The structure of this play is genius.
2: It's real quick. It little,
1: tells yeah. this whole story in under two hours with mm-hmm. an intermission. It's stunning to yeah. me.
2: It's a great device it's that she's funny, used. Yeah, it's so playful. It's sexy. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, the the language is really, really rich. Mm-hmm. The wit is really high.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she. I think
1: it's good. She, it's a good
2: play. She gives you a lot to like, kind of play with too. Like I said, like you have all the stage directions, but. You know, that's like something. Any any cat, our cast is so like ready to go with like anything. Like you know, Nigel, Erica, Bonnie, and the two of us. Like we're we're just like we just like love, love to joke with each other, it's like goof around. It's yeah, a really it really is, and company. that's so helpful when you're getting we up there and you're other. like, yeah, I want to try something, yeah. and like nobody, I don't feel. You know, I don't try to feel judged either way, but like it's nice knowing that I'm not getting judged, Everybody, or at least yeah. they haven't tipped me off that they're judging me. Yeah, they could be silently, which oh, no, is we judge you openly. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. They do. It's, it's, I'm getting, uh, yeah, I'm getting a lot of heat back there. <laughs> we, uh, have just, of, we have a lot. We have a high level of trust in this cast. <laughs> yes, and we do. We're,
1: people really. We have each other's backs. It, it feels amazing to mm-hmm. work with these people. Yeah, amazing.
0: Well, come find the diamond that is in the basement here at the Flea. Uh, again, we're at the Flea Theater, 20 mm-hmm. Thompson Th- Thomas Thompson, <laughs> Twenty Thomas uh, in Manhattan. Uh, the show runs through when?
1: Through uh, the end of April. We close on April 30th.
0: And mm-hmm. tickets and more information can be found at?
1: Eventbrite and on TodayTix. We're also on TodayTix. Um, and we're also on TDF, for those of you in the theater industry. Um... And, uh, and, and the Duende website also has a ticket link, and it is duendeproduction.org, singular, duendeproduction.org. Brilliant.
0: Thank you both so much for hanging out and for a lovely conversation. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Pleasure thank to be thank you here. so much. Loved it.
0: Thank you, Amy and Zavin, for hanging out after the show to chat. You've got one last week of performances to catch. Emily, La Marquise du Châtelet, defends her life tonight at The Flea Theatre, 20 Thomas Street in Manhattan through April 30th, 2023. Head to Duende Production, D-U-E-N-D-E, production.org to learn more about the producing organization and search Emily, E-M-I-L-I-E, on Eventbrite.com to book your tickets. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash go see a show. You can follow at go see a show on Twitter, but uh, until things change, you're just not going to see any posts from us on there. And uh, please, as always, rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. That goes a long way to help people find the show. My name is Robert A.K. Ganyo. You can find me on the internet at robertgaino, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see his show. <laughs>